0: to play. Welcome back to the Pause, Purpose, Play podcast with me, Michaela Thomas. And here is the third episode of our couple special where we're going to be talking about compassion in partnerships, coming from the learning I've gained when I wrote my book The Lasting Connection, which is available on pre-order now if you go to Amazon and you put in The Lasting Connection. And Michaela Thomas. You'll be able to look at it now. Today we're going to talk about connection and compassion and how the two link together. Because I firmly believe that the antidote to disconnection in a relationship is compassion. And in the past year, so many couples have told me that they've disconnected. That despite having been on top of each other 24-7, spending more quantity time together than ever before, they feel perhaps disconnected. And other couples have told me that they feel more closely connected together than ever, despite being 24-7 on top of each other. So what is the answer? How is it that some couples feel closer together, whereas others feel further apart? Today I want to talk about the meaning of compassion, and how that is important not only in relationships, but also in life overall. And in order to understand that, I want to start by defining compassion so, this was formulated by Professor Paul Gilbert, who is the founder of Compassion Focused Therapy. And he divided kind of the idea of compassion into two parts. The first is a sensitivity to the suffering of self and others. And the second is having a commitment to try to alleviate that suffering and preventing it from returning. And what that means, simply put, is essentially it's about noticing and acknowledging the pain in yourself or other people. And being moved to the point that you want to do something about it. So that really hurts. How can I help? That's a simple way of expressing this in action with your partner. So making sense of the pain and wanting to be helpful rather than harmful. And now here's the thing. It's not just important to do that with your partner. But also responding to yourself in the same way when you go through hard times. Because... If we're having a bit of a reality check, life is hard. 2020 has shown us that, that life has been really tough. And if we can turn towards ourselves with compassion and kindness, supporting ourselves through hard times, rather than giving ourselves a hard time about how we're responding to hard times, life gets just that bit much more bearable. So that's essentially it, that actually we have a strong need for compassion in life. Because life is difficult. We have short lives that are full of suffering, full of things that feel unfair, that feels like it's not understandable why we're going through this. Loss, grief, sadness, misfortune, poor health, all of these things that we go through, it may feel very random and meaningless to why we suffer like this. But if we have that reality check, and I know this is going to be very gloomy for you, so stay with me because there is hope. I'm going to lift you out of that dark, meaning meaningless uh, spot that you've just landed in by listening to this. And actually, when we can turn towards that and say, "Yes, life is just really hard at times. Somehow, we suffer less. That the pain is inevitable, but the suffering we add on top of that—that is optional." The suffering we add on top of it with self-criticism and self-blame, self-shame, that is more optional. We can train our minds to do less of that. So we are very much in need of compassion because we're shaped by so many things that we did not choose. Our brains were not shaped by us, they were not chosen by us. Your parents weren't chosen by you, you didn't even choose your own kids. So when we think about how we've been shaped by life and by evolution, we also have to have an insight about that, that part of our suffering today as humans is because of the way our brains have evolved. We've actually evolved in a way where we have the capacity to both be able to plan for the future and come up with things like vaccines to a virus. But that same part of your brain that can do that also has the capacity to worry and catastrophize and dwell on the on the past, dwell on all your mistakes, and think of all the things you failed with. We're also shaped by our genes. That your genetic makeup has an impact on the suffering you experience. You didn't choose that either. What kind of ways will you be ill? Or what kind of ways will you struggle in your life? That's like a genetic lottery. You didn't choose that. You're also shaped by your experiences in a way that you often didn't choose. Much of the shaping of you and how you are in your relationship has also been laid down very early on for you by watching your parents in their relationships and what you learned about emotions from your parents, what you learned about relationships from your parents. That was not your choosing. That was not your fault. So that's why we need compassion in relationships too. Because not only is life hard, relationships are really hard too. During the lifespan of a relationship, a couple can frequently struggle, naturally hitting upon pain points of disagreement and hurt. That kind of expression of love hurts is actually quite accurate. Because we know that even the pain centres of the brain can light up when we experience rejection. So it hurts to be rejected. All the major life decisions you have to make in your relationship lifespan can be painful. Are we going to have children? Are we not going to have children? Are we going to stay in this place or we're we going to move somewhere else? Who's going to look after the kids? What kind of jobs and careers are we going to go for? All of these transitions that you go through side-by-side side if you are long-term partners. There's a lot of pain there. Are we going to move a house? Are we going to buy a house? Can we afford it? We went through redundancy or we lost our job. Actually, a lot of these things can be painful. So we do need compassion. And I wanted to just think about some of the reasons why we do need compassion in love. It's just some of these things that we can go through. Like moving in together or moving house. Getting engaged and getting married. Trying for a baby or having fertility issues. Or losing a pregnancy or baby. Becoming parents, going through sleep separation, having role changes. Experiencing physical or mental illness in one or both of you. Going through emotional or sexual intimacy problems. Identity crisis and change in values. Infidelity or actually feeling like you've lost a bond with your partner. Financial constraints, unemployment. Losing someone you love. Going through different aging challenges and transitions like menopause. Experiencing the empty nest syndrome where your children are moving out and then entering retirement, old age, or poor health. So across your lifespan as a couple, there are natural pain points, natural challenges. No wonder then that with these tricky brains, that has the capacity to come up with creative solutions, but also be able to overthink and obsess over every little thing, no wonder that this is going to be tricky. So we want to think about understanding your connection as a couple, what binds you together, what holds your bond. They can be stretched. It's elastic. And if anything, I'm pretty sure that 2020 has shown you that it's elastic. But we do need to nurture it. We do need to look after that connection in order for it not to snap if enough pressure and strain is applied to it. And a lot of people have told me about the pain of disconnection that they've had from the past year and in life in general. You know, someone working with busy, high-striving couples, I see a lot of that busyness getting in the way of the connection between couples. Too many meetings to go to, too many pastime activities for the kids, working too many hours in the week, being too much on your phone. All of that can get in the way. So some of the pain points of disconnection can be that we are actually too much on our smartphones they said that some couples have more intimacy with their smartphone in bed than they do with their partner. That's obviously a bit tongue in cheek, but there is a sense there where actually our our connections with the WhatsApp communities and Facebook groups and all of these things have sometimes maybe replaced genuine, expressed emotion and non-verbal communication. That can be taking place between you and your partner as well. Long distance relationships perhaps, have that interaction where there's a lot of misunderstandings going on because you're communicating via technology. Another thing that happens for a lot of couples is that difference in work-life balance, that you're maybe not making enough space for your time together because there's too much of time at work, and maybe even when you're not at work, your mind is mentally at work. And I think the COVID-19 pandemic has highlighted what really matters to some couples. Maybe wanting to spend more of their waking time differently, less time working and more connection time together, but also having more space for yourself as an individual, wanting to do things that keeps you well, and not just spending all of the time together. The third thing I've seen a lot is the pressure to be perfect, having perfect bodies, living a perfect life, doing all of these things that we're supposed to be doing in the 21st century, and all of that can actually be exhausting. You know, thinking about cutting down on single-use plastic, eating more vegan food. All of these things are helpful things for us to do. But for the modern-day human, it can be exhausting to the point where you feel used up at the end of your day. Especially if you think of that as created pressure in a stressful way, rather than something that you think of as a valuable, connected way of living. Following your values. It can add to the mental load in your brain. So if you are under pressure to Be perfect, so is your relationship. If you put pressure on your relationship to be perfect and your partner to meet all your needs and get heavily disappointed when they are human, then that's going to threaten your connection. The last thing, the fourth thing I think about is globalization. And although that's fantastic, the fact that we can now move such distances and reach across the globe, what I've seen as a downside of that is that actually people are not working in their immediate community anymore, so we've had longer commuting times, and it also means that couples might live further away from their support systems, maybe even a different country to their families, which can be very strenuous if they become parents and don't have support at hand nearby. So in my book, in chapter three, I talk about the strains on connection, and it's a little checklist for you to see what things are getting in the way for you, Um, Almost like a little self-assessment around the strains on your connection. And learning a bit more about how your busy, tricky brain is getting in the way of your connection. And as a final thing for today, is to think about how it all began for you. What did you first connect with with your partner? How did you first meet? How did you first know that you liked each other? Who pursued who? What drew you to me? What drew me to you? What did I appreciate about how you treated me? And what if that initial connection has maybe got a bit lost along the way? So if you've liked this episode and want to learn more about connection and compassion, then do dive deeper into the book, The Lasting Connection, which is as a way of helping you develop love and compassion, not just for yourself, but also for your partner. Go to Amazon to order it today. And in the next episode, we'll talk a little bit more about what makes or breaks a relationship. So do stay tuned. And as always, do take care of yourself. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. I know it's not easy when you feel busy and overwhelmed to find time for another thing to do. If this is you, if you feel overwhelmed or that you are close to your breaking point, then I've got a downloadable checklist for you that's gonna help. This checklist is called Calm the Overwhelm. The first section has signs and symptoms of you being overwhelmed mentally or physically, showing you that you might be close to breaking point or burning out. The second part is actionable, easy things you can do to try to slow down and give yourself a break. And the third part is a checklist of all the things that might show up when you're asking yourself to take a break. Perhaps your inner critical voice will have an opinion about why you're not allowed to give yourself the permission to pause. To download this free resource, go to www.thetomasconnection.co.uk forward slash calm. So that's thethomasconnection.co.uk forward slash calm. This episode of the Pause Purpose Play podcast was presented by me, Michaela Thomas, and you can find me on thethomasconnection.co.uk. And because great work rests on having a great team, this episode was kindly edited by Emily Crosby Media.